Today is Monday, September the 19th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, I break down everything that happened over the weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium as the Gamecocks fall to the Georgia Bulldogs by a final score of 48 to seven guys i will give you all my full thoughts also my biggest takeaway from saturday we'll hand out some game balls talk slap dick of the weekend and we'll hand out our weekly cock commander mvp award as well also news and notes to get into your listener questions your voicemails we have got a packed show for you here on this monday and of course as always it's brought to you by our friends over at red fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, guys, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3 and has a scotch guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to beat any written estimate and allows financing as well. Guys, they service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Simply put, they always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today, 843 364 3023. That's 843 364 3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing. Or if you have any questions, go to their website, redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Here we are yet again on another Therapy Monday as we pick up the pieces and try to make sense 
of what happened over the weekend. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up show as always, and I hope this show does find you what I'm going to where you are, what you are doing. Again, I hope you're having a fantastic start to your week, and hopefully by now you have been able to lick the wounds from what took place at williams Bryce Stadium on Saturday afternoon. Again, we're going to break all that down much more. Got a ton of thoughts uh, and a ton to dissect and dive into on this therapy Monday. Again, guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Got a Pat Week, the Daily Crow, of course, all week long podcast today, Wednesday and Friday, your normal schedule. You guys already know the drill. Let me start this show off, by the way, on a positive note and by saying this. I wanted to say thank you to you all for this weekend in Columbia, South Carolina. I got into town, obviously, Friday afternoon, went out to dinner with a good friend of mine Friday night, went out on the town for just a little bit, of course, on Friday night as well. Then Saturday at Seawells, got out there around 8 a.m. or so, took in the tailgate, sold merchandise, uh, took in the game, all that good stuff. But I want to say thank you again to everyone that showed so much love and so much support over the weekend. I mean, it was overwhelmingly positive. You guys coming up, talking the business, talking the merch, talking, of course, the game and everything in between. Again, guys, I just want to say thank you, man. I felt the love all weekend, and it's just always great to get back into Columbia and get around the city and and talk Gamecocks with you all. And like, like I've told you all before, you know, I'm someone that still believes in the power of a handshake and the power of meeting people face-to-face. And, you know, I talk to a lot of you all on social media, and I try to get back to every single DM, and I, I try to respond to people on social media and be interactive because that's what this is all about, right? It's about all of us as Gamecocks being in this thing together. We all bleed the garnet and black. And we we all want to see the same thing inevitably, even if we have different opinions on how we should get there. But uh, again, to be able to mingle with you all and you, you guys showing the love and support again, man, it's it's it was overwhelmingly positive from Friday night getting into town to Saturday at the tailgate. The TSUS tailgate at Seawells was a massive, massive success. And then all throughout the game, even though the game did not go, of course, the way we wanted um, just being in Columbia, man, I just wanted to say thank you all so much. And it means the absolute world to me. I, I want to make sure you all know that it's not something I take for granted or something that I think is just, oh, it should just come with, you know, what's going on. Like, no, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's, it's, it's just such a blessing. I mean, it's a blessing beyond words seeing the Beamer ball towel yet again on the ESPN broadcast during sandstorm. As I've told you all before, man, there's things on this journey that, you know, you, you, you dream up if you will. And there's things that when I first started, I had big dreams and goals and aspirations, but you know, then there are certain things that, you don't even see in your wildest dreams, you know, people rocking the merchandise all around the game and all around the tailgate and all around game day. And I saw you guys out there rocking the merch. And again, man, I, I just, I just cannot say thank you enough. I mean, it's truly incredible. What a blessing, what a life that, that, uh, you know, I'm blessed to live and, and we could not do it without you guys. Again, that's that right there is why I always say we, because I am just one person. I am just one man. Yes, obviously, I have a major play in this. Uh, I am behind the scenes doing practically everything. But without you guys, your love, your support, you guys tuning in, buying the merch, uh, again, being behind TSUS, being behind me as a person, none of this would be possible. So, again, I just wanted to say thank you all so much and overwhelmingly 
positive weekend in Columbia in regard to regards to support for the business, the merchandise, everything we do. And again, guys, I just cannot say thank you enough. With that being said, guys, talking the TSUS tailgate before we dive into everything in regards to the Georgia game, let me first remind you, yes, we will be back this upcoming weekend for the Gamecocks game against Charlotte. Of course, that is a night game. Kickoff is set at 7.30. So the TSUS tailgate against Seawells, spot 78. Guys, it is the paved Seawells parking lot. I had some questions coming in. Is it the grass lot? Is it the paved lot? It is the paved Seawells parking lot. If you were looking at the main Seawells building, okay, from the street, if you're looking at the building, we are just to the left of the building in the paved parking lot. And again, you will see the TSUS and Big Cock Club flags flying. I mean, you literally cannot miss it. So Seawell spot 78. We'll be out there. My entire crew going to have a really, really good time. Um, I will probably not be getting out there until about 2.30 or 3 o'clock, just to let you guys know. Um, just feel like with the game against Charlotte again, uh, that time is what's best going to work. And I feel like, honestly, just getting out there at like 11 or so, like we did for the Georgia State game, a little aggressive. I'll, I'll be honest. It's a little aggressive. I'm not going to judge you if you do, but I'll probably be out there around between two and three. We'll say that sometime in there. So, again, come on out, guys. We will have koozies for sale. We will have towels for sale, of course, your Beamer Ball towels. Uh, we'll have koozies also for my good friends over at A1 Air Quality Consultants. Those koozies, we'll have those to give away. Uh, we will have the Beamer Ball stickers on hand to give away as well. And, again, guys, thank you all so much to everybody who rocked those and showed love and and uh, truly do appreciate, again, the love and support. But we'll be out there, normal as always. We'll be out there for SC State, guys. We're going to be in that same location for every single game. So again, I know I had a lot of you ask me, will we be out there for Charlotte? Will we be out there for South Carolina State? The answer, yes, we will be out there. Uh, also, guys, on a merchandise note, really quickly, the towels and koozies, same thing as last week. If you want your towels and or koozies by the game this weekend against Charlotte, you can get them. Orders must be in by Tuesday at midnight. So tomorrow midnight, as long as you've got your orders in, I can get those shipped out on Wednesday morning. And they will be out to you and will be delivered, I should say, by Friday afternoon because it's a standard two-day shipping. So I just wanted to let you all know if that is a priority for you, you want to get your towels and or koozies, buy the game on Saturday. Just order by tomorrow night at midnight, and I can make sure that happens for you. So just wanted to go ahead and get that out there. And again, guys, thank you all so much to everybody that shows the love and support. I just I can't say thank you enough, man, because, you know, while, while sometimes, the you know, a lot of times I just say the final results aren't what we want. Um, you know, there's ups and there's downs and what have you. I mean, you guys make every day feel like an up, I truly. And I, I'm not trying to be corny. I'm not trying to be over the top. But but the love we felt this weekend, um, it was just overwhelmingly positive. And, and I cannot say enough things about you guys. And I, I just want to express gratitude and, and show my love to you all, man. And it really just brings a smile on my face to think about it. And uh, makes me look forward to the next game and the next game and the next game and the rest of the season and basketball season and baseball season. It just makes me look forward to everything we do, man. All the content, I look forward to it because of you guys so thank you on that note now that we've gotten all the positive stuff out of the way all the cheerful things we got to talk about the game Gamecocks falling to Georgia by a final score of 48 to 7 in a ball game that was never close 24 to nothing at halftime the game was 45 to nothing going to the fourth quarter you know guys there's really when you get your butt whooped like that I mean, sitting here on this Monday, there's really not even a lot to say, right? Because the field, the, the play on the field, 
right? You know, you you play a game like Arkansas or Georgia State, like there's there's games within the game, there's matchups in the matchup. Oh, this happened. Look at this play call. Look at this. When you lose forty eight to seven, and, and you just thoroughly get beat, you don't have quite as much of that. I, I I will say this. I you know I do not sit here again heartbroken on this Monday or sad or depressed because. You almost have to laugh it off because the result was so lopsided and the game was so ugly. I mean, I picked 41 to 10, and even I felt like I was being a little bit harsh. Turns out I was being too kind yet again in regards to the talent gap between the Gamecocks and the Bulldogs. But let me start there because I I, I know what everybody wants to talk about today and what everyone will be talking about today. And it's very fair and justified, and that is Marcus Satterfield and this offense. And I totally get it, and I'm going to get there in just a second. But here's what I'm struggling with here on this Monday, guys, because as you all know, I see things for what they are. I, I do not see things for what I hope they to be. I see things for what they are, right? So I can sit here and tell you, and it does not bother me to tell you that, you know what? Georgia is an elite. And Georgia at every single position is a better football team than you. They have better players. It was two different types of athlete on the field on Saturday afternoon. And that's okay. By the way, that does not mean that we don't have any good players because that's not a true statement. But in regards to Georgia, right, I told you all week last week, when Georgia's playing their best, and I don't know if Georgia played their absolute best on Saturday, but that was a pretty damn good ball game by them. I'd say at worst, that was their B-plus game. But when Georgia is clicking, in my opinion, there's only one team that can beat them, and that is the Alabama Crimson Tide, right? Georgia has now leveled up to a point. This is not the Georgia of old. This is not the Georgia where it's like, well, you can you can always count on Georgia to lose one BS game, and they're always playing down to their competition, this, that, whatever. Like, they are on the Alabama level now, right? And which I goes, I think it goes without saying. Defending national champions, number one in the country, the way they've looked through three weeks, um, they have earned that right to be said about them, right? They've earned that 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 be the way they are viewed now. So here's where I struggle though, because I will sit here and tell you, and I said this on social media yesterday, and I think it still bothers some people because people think, oh my God, you're ta- you're putting down the players, you're taking shot shots at the players, and it's like I'm really not because again, I think there are good players on South Carolina's roster. But top to bottom, especially in the trenches, right? Especially in the trenches. Georgia, I mean, you could watch that game and just see it. It looked like varsity scrimmaging JV, truly. So Georgia top to bottom roster is just better. We can all sit here, agree with that, and accept that. Here's where I'm struggling, though, because while I think that's true, and while that's the card, I guess, to be played today, that for me is starting to become exhausting, even for me. Even while it may be the realistic viewpoint, like, isn't it just getting old to sit here and say, well, they're just, they have just so much better players and they're this and they're that. And I understand why that's tough for people to stomach, especially on the offensive side. Now, guys, the defensive side, you had five starters out. Whenever we heard in the pregame that Cam Smith and and other guys were going to miss, you know, Alex Huntley, I had a sick feeling in my stomach that there is just no way we're stopping this Georgia offense today, especially with the way they've been clicking to this point in the season. So, you know what? Georgia scoring 48, I mean, it was not fun to watch, but, like, you look at some of the plays they made and what Brock Bowers did, and, 
I mean, it's just like, dude, Georgia's just good, right? Like, just give them their credit. Georgia's really freaking good. But on the offensive side, when you add guys, again, like Spencer Rattler, Antoine Wells, Christian Beale Smith, Austin Stockner, right? I understand that in the trenches, I think that still is the biggest problem area. And I think that is why you are not seeing execution from the Gamecocks. I think the Gamecocks are an offensive line away, honestly, from executing and hitting on some of these plays because I watched that game on Saturday, and at times, plays are there. For example, I feel like there's no better example yesterday than the fourth down completion to Jalen Brooks in which he was tackled short. You look at that play, Spencer Rattler gets pressure in his face. Even the commentators were talking about this, right? The Gamecocks, and I believe it was Shane Beaver in postgame. Hey, we were looking for man coverage. We got man coverage. Jalen Brooks runs his route, beats his man in man coverage. If Spencer Rattler's able to deliver the football in front of him, he catches it on the run. He gets a first down. It's exactly what they wanted, and they schemed up. Because of the offensive line, pressure gets in Rattler's face. He has to rush the throw, throws it behind him, and you don't convert. And, hey, Spencer Rattler's got to be better, too. But on that note, and again, where I'm struggling is, on one hand, yes, Georgia has better players than you at every single skill position, every single position period, they have the advantage. But then you look at the final result, and you look at the way the game went. And I don't think it's, it's, it's unfair as fans for us to be sitting here and just wanting a competitive product, even for just a quarter of the football game, right? Because... You continue to add pieces. And I, listen, I think anybody who's jumping ship on Shane Beamer, you are completely off the mark. It is year two, right? It is year two. If the recruiting starts to fall off, then you can hit the panic button and you can be worried, right? But recruiting is doing well. You had big-time prospects in the building who saw an elite, by the way, pregame atmosphere. Shout out to Gamecock Nation for showing up in that sellout crowd, right? So recruiting's going fine. That's what Shane Beamer needs to do to build the program. Nobody has that twisted. But I don't fault Gamecock fans because, guys, even I had low expectations, right? I picked 41 to 10. Even I had low expectations. But to watch that play out the way it did, right? To watch that play out, that's where I'm struggling is it's like, man, I know Georgia's better than South Carolina across the board. I will tip my cap to Georgia. I will give them all the credit. But it's like, you see teams across college football on a weekly basis, right? Lesser teams, quote unquote. I'm not trying to put South Carolina in that category, but Teams that are massive underdogs will say the talent gap is wide. They go on the road at home. It doesn't matter where they play, but they play teams that are better than them and they compete and they make it a competitive ball game start to finish. And, and this isn't a 2022 thing. This isn't a Shane Beamer thing. Really, ever since Steve Spurrier departed from South Carolina, this has been a very disturbing trend. And I'm not saying every single time. But doesn't it feel like, guys, for whatever reason, a lot of times in games like this where it's, it's just like it just – I guess here's what I'm trying to say. It, it just gets old. It gets old. One time I'd love to go into a game against a Georgia like this and us be a big underdog and me say, you know what, Georgia's better than you. They're, they're more talented than you, and that's that. But I would love to go into a game like that and just be pleasantly surprised at least for a half. 
You know, I I could have lived with South Carolina being down 17 to 7 or something like that at halftime. And you really grinded through the first half and battled. And you know what? Georgia in the second half, they just wore you down and their talent shined. I could have lived with that. But Georgia was toying with South Carolina, guys. If you don't believe me, go back and watch the third quarter. They were toying with the Gamecocks with some of the stuff they were running. I mean, it, it literally seriously looked like varsity scrimmaging the B team, not even JV, varsity scrimmaging the B team. And so I say all that too. Let me make this very clear because some people are going to hear this rant at this point and say, oh my God, Chris is just giving up on the season. He's throwing in the towel. I'm actually not. I picked this team to be one and two through three weeks. They're exactly where I picked them. Now, has it gone exactly the way I thought it would or I hoped it would? Because in the preseason, when you look, my predictions over the summer, I picked this game to be 35 to 17. I thought we would show life. I thought we would battle with Georgia a little bit. I thought Spencer Rattler would play much better than he has at this point in the season. And I thought we'd be able to leave the Georgia game with some signs of encouragement, right? But either way, we're exactly where I picked this to be. After the next two weeks, not to spoil anything, but guys, I think you know how I feel about the next two weeks. We're going to be exactly where I picked this to be again at three and two going into Kentucky, right? So I'm not throwing in the towel in this season. I still think we can win seven games. I think eight and four might be out of reach. I think that might be a little bit aggressive, but I think this team can obviously still get to bowl eligibility and can still win seven games. But when you evaluate the first quarter of the season, which it's crazy to think we're already a quarter of the way through, right? We're a quarter of the way through the season now. When you evaluate the first three games, took you two blocked punts to beat Georgia State, offense looked pathetic. It, it took you being down 21-3 to against Arkansas to really get it going and show any sort of life on the offensive side. And if that game had another quarter, guys, Arkansas would have just ran it down your throat. I, I don't feel like that game was really ever was ever really in doubt. It, it wasn't, in my opinion. And then this game against Georgia. Again, I understand Georgia's better than you across the board. But you got embarrassed. I mean, you got flat out embarrassed, right? And so I, I talk a lot, again, about players and needing to upgrade across the board talent-wise. And you do. There's no question. You do. And I know that's hard for some people. Most people would rather just deflect and put it all on coaching. And I'm going to get there. I promise you I'm going to get there. But there's no doubt. I think we can all agree, right, that we have to upgrade in recruiting across the board at every single position, especially in the trenches. Because, again, and I talked to somebody yesterday and I talked to somebody on Saturday afternoon, former Gamecock football players that told me, Chris, yes, Satterfield's got to be better, but plays are there to be made and they're not being made. Whether it be Spencer Rattler, whether it be offensive line just can't hold up long enough, like there are plays there, right? I talked to a good buddy of mine. Um, obviously won't mention him by name, but somebody who's very familiar with the Georgia program. And he told me, I asked him, hey, do you think it's all Satterfield? What is it? What is it? And he just said, you know, I feel like South Carolina, Shane Beamer's the guy. They got a ways to go in regards to personnel. But again, that's where I'm struggling is because I understand that and can accept that. But still losing 48 to 7, especially after you added the guys you added in the portal, I understand why that's tough for fans to stomach. It's kind of like when we went through the Gamecocks baseball season, right? And I just kept saying, well, you just got to tip your cap. You just got to tip your cap. You just got to tip your cap. At some point, you get tired of tipping your cap, right? At some point, you want somebody to tip their cap to you because you played them tough or, God forbid, you beat them. 
Nobody was expecting the Gamecocks to beat Georgia, but damn it, covering plus 26, I I don't feel like that, my friends, was an unfair expectation. I I just don't feel like it was. So now we sit here on this Monday and you got to go draw, go back to the drawing board. And, and let's let's talk Marcus Satterfield, right? That's where a lot of you want to go. That's where a lot of you want me to spend this entire conversation. And I talked about this a little bit on social media yesterday, but let's rehash it and go through it. I, I, I Do I think Marcus Satterfield, let me just say this, gun to head right now, would I tell you Marcus Satterfield is the long-term solution for the Gamecocks uh, offense under Shane Beamer in the Shane Beamer era? No, I do not. No, no, I do not. Gun to head, I, I don't see it, right? I, I don't think that is the case. Am I taking the stance here today of being the conductor of the fire Satterfield train? No, I am not. I'm not doing that right now, okay? Do I have my doubts about Marcus Satterfield? Absolutely. Even the most garnet glasses optimistic person, you have to have your doubts just based off what you saw last year and what you've seen through three games, right? especially when you look back at Saturday and you look at some of those play calls, those third and six, right, the first series, you put the carry-on joiner in at quarterback, a guy that hadn't taken a snap practically all season, certainly hadn't taken one of the quarterback position. I mean, even the announcers, again, are, are, are second-guessing it, and for good reason. You got Spencer Rattler. You brought him here to be your guy. And on the first third down of the game, a critical third down where you need to set the tone, you take him out and you put the carry-on joiner in. I mean, that was the first head-scratching decision. Then you have third and eights where you're running up the middle. And it it just... (sighs) I know it's a tough task calling plays against the Georgia defense. Shane Beamer pointed out in postgame, hey, number one defense in the country, number one defense in the country. But like, you don't have to be an offensive coordinator at the college level, the pro level, the high school, any level, in my opinion, look at that and say, that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And then hearing Shane Beamer in the post game on Saturday saying that, you know, he told Satterfield, like, you know, this is, this is four down territory. Uh, you got two downs to play with. Even with that being said, it's like, why is that the play call? How is, how is that a good idea? And I guess, right, hindsight's twenty twenty. If it works, we're not having this conversation. But the fact of the matter is, it didn't work. It did not work, right? And so, again, I sit here at this point, right, today. I'm not going to social media and going on the podcast say, Fire Satterfield! Look, I'm not there. Listen, if you want to be on that, though, I'm, I'm not going to come down on you. Marcus Satterfield's done himself no favors. If you want to be Fire Satterfield, I got no problem with it because how am I supposed to defend a guy that they've done nothing? They haven't been productive outside of taking advantage of a really bad Arkansas secondary. Georgia State, you look pathetic. I mean, you haven't been able to run the ball at all. I mean, Georgia, you ran 90 yards, but 3.1 yards per carry. You haven't been able to run the ball at all. Spencer Rattler has been, you know, he hasn't looked great. I mean, call it for what it is. He didn't look great Saturday. Two interceptions, no touchdowns. He did not look great. And it, it goes far beyond just seven, but, you know, through the first three weeks, I, I don't think anybody would sit here and say, man, he he's really met my expectations or overachieved. And, again, there's ten other guys that have to help him. But when it comes to the offense, I'm just not going to blame anybody that wants to go after Marcus Satterfield because, as we mentioned in the preseason, guys, 
You add all the pieces. There's no excuses. I even told you in the preseason, hey, the offensive line being bad, to me, it's not an excuse you can live and die by this year because you knew these guys know football. They go through practice. You can't tell me Marcus Satterfield and Shane Beamer and company didn't know our offensive line's a deficiency. If you know football, like I feel like our coaches do, right, you're able to watch that and probably understand there's a good chance this is the case. You know your roster. You know your football team. These guys have all been around good players. And so when you have a weakness, I'm sure you're able to identify it. And I understand that's much, much, much easier said than done. I get that, right? I get that. But when when it comes to Sat, I'll just say this. Here's why I'm not the conductor of the fire Marcus Satterfield train quite yet. And, and again, I, I'm having my doubts, no no doubt. So I don't want y'all to sit here and think I'm I'm some <clears throat> Marcus Satterfield stan and don't say one negative thing about Sat. Like, listen, you're in that position. You are open to all criticism, especially when things don't go well. And to say things did not go well Saturday would be putting it very kindly, more kindly than it deserves, Right. I I am waiting on the Satterfield thing because I well, here's why. I really want to see over these next two weeks and then going into Lexington if they are able to make adjustments and get this thing rolling. Because I feel like the competition you played early, a bunch of new pieces trying to come together and, and learn the system and learn the scheme and get chemistry and all that, like – I, I guess what it is, guys, like I'm trying to be as patient as possible because I understand our first three games, as we all talked about, were not conducive to getting off to some hot start and scoring 50 a game. Like, I mean, do give Georgia some credit. That is the best defense in college football, I would argue. That's the best team in college football, obviously, as the rankings say. So you do have to give Georgia some credit, but I'm holding off. I have my doubts. I'm holding off. I, I, I want to give Satterfield, Shane Beamer, this offensive staff, everybody on the offensive side, an opportunity to get things rolling and make an adjustment. Go into Charlotte, have a positive performance. Go into SC State, have a positive performance. And then go into the Kentucky game, right? Go into the Kentucky game. And I think from there, that's when I'll sort of make my determination in regards to, okay, you know what? If it's not clicking by now, it's not going to work. And maybe an adjustment needs to be made for the second half of the season, right? So that that's where I fall in regards to the Satterfield thing. I'm I'm not sitting here as a Satterfield stand. I'm not pro sat. I know many of you are saying, Chris, Chris, come on, you use your platform to call for his head, use your platform to to call for a change, all that stuff. And and it's like I understand where everybody's coming from. I do. I do. I don't want to be that guy right now. I'll be totally honest with you. Selfishly, I don't want to be that guy right now. Let's wait and see. Let's have some patience. Again, I, I the pressure should be on. Because as we talked in preseason over the summer, hey, you got all the pieces now. You traded in the beat-up hoopty for the Ferrari, right? If it doesn't work, it's not the car, it's the driver. That, that's what it comes down to. So the performance of the offense, the statistics, the numbers, that's going to determine his fate. But outside of that, again, guys, I mean, when, when you look at this game on Saturday, I mean, at every single position, at every single level, Georgia was bigger, stronger, faster, smarter, more talented across the board. 
I'm, I mean, even on like the little swing passes and stuff they were running, things like we run. The difference was the guys they had out in front blocking, like we're shoving our guys around. I mean, they bullied us across the board. And hey, that's frustrating as hell. And you're sitting here today as a Gamecock fan. Guess what? You should be frustrated. I, I don't think anybody should be accepting of, well, you know, Georgia's just got better players than us, so we can go lose by 41, and I'm not supposed to give a damn. Like, you should be frustrated. We should be upset. We should demand more. Because, again, while Georgia, and there's a talent gap, there's a major talent gap, no doubt, but it's not unfair and unrealistic of the Gamecocks fan base to just want a team that's competitive. And, and I don't understand why we struggle to do that. I just, I just hate the fact that it's like, why can't we show up and at least give Georgia a fight? Why, why is that so not feasible? You know, why is that not feasible? So uh, this is a football team for South Carolina. A lot of deficiencies. The only way it'll be solved is in recruiting. Uh, but but this is a week now to really reflect on yourself. This football team of the next two weeks, and obviously later in the week, we'll get into the Charlotte game and SC State. But this is a football team that this team's got to figure out who it is. This team's got to figure out what are we good at, right? What do we want to do? What are we able to do? offensively and defensively, because guys, guess what? We spend all the time talking about the offense. I don't know why we don't talk about the defense more, because the defense has been, I'd say, borderline trash for the first three weeks. It hadn't been good either. I mean, you look at the numbers. 200 yards rushing to Georgia State, 295 to Arkansas, 208 to Georgia. I know there were injuries, guys, but holy smokes. Obviously, you see depth is a major concern, right? Nick Eamon-Wari had a fantastic game on Saturday. He goes out for a play. What does Georgia do? Todd Munkin, fantastic job, by the way. Soon as Eamon-Wari's out, they go right after B.J. Gibson at the safety position. He bites on the motion. There's Brock Bowers hitting the seam. Adios, all she wrote, right? So injuries took its toll, but... Damn, I, I think the defense needs to share some blame. I mean, Shane Beamer made the point. We didn't look like the 85 Bears out there or anything. So here's the good news. Georgia's an elite. This game, in my opinion, is not going to define your season. You can still win seven games. You can still have a successful year. But with that being said, I, I will say I'm getting really sick and tired of you know, it's it's funny. When we lose, I mean, we lose emphatically. We lose in grand fashion. And as we talked about all summer long, and it was my good friend Brian Lattimore, shout out to Brian and the Big Cock Club, he was the one that reminded me exactly of what I said. He said, Chris, remember what you said? It's not about winning and losing. It's about how you win and how you lose. And it's not good enough to just say, well, Georgia's more talented, so that's why we lost by... 41. Like, that's got to get fixed, man. You, you just can't keep saying, well, it's okay to get blown out because they're Georgia. Like, at what point does that tide turn? You know, because the only way respect, you get respect, it's earned, it's not given. And I know people hate seeing these humongous spreads come out. You know, you go into Georgia week and we're a 26-point underdog. Games like that are why, guys. Games like the one against Georgia are why. It's because it feels like in these games, a lot of times, we do not show up. We do not, we, the furthest thing from play well. We just don't do it, right? 
Again, with that being said, this game, in my opinion, does not define your season. As long as this team's able to bounce back the correct way, which uh, I don't think there's any reason they shouldn't. You know, you saw it last year. This team had that strong second-half resurgence. And I think, you know, that potentially could be on the docket yet again. Guys, this season could still go pretty damn close to how I predict in the preseason, right? Use these next two weeks, lick your wounds, get healthy, beat the hell out of somebody, gain some confidence, gain some confidence offensively, and then your season sort of, as I talked about before over the summer, your season sort of comes to a head in Lexington, Kentucky against the Wildcats. That'll be your inflection point, right? Which direction does your season go? Are you either heading towards a seven, maybe even an eight-win season in which you can overachieve, or are you heading towards fighting for six wins and maybe even staring five and seven in the face? But again, here on this Monday, guys, I would say I know it's tough because we can all predict over the summer, well, you'll start one and two, you're playing good teams. There's no shame in losing to these teams. But actually going through it and enduring it, it's tough. I mean, it's tough. And it's especially tough for, you know, I'll say this. I, I know Gamecock Nation caught a lot of heat over the weekend in regards to, you know, folks leaving the game early and the student section folks leaving the game early. And, you know, guys, I understand. I, this is where I fall on it, though. And I'm, I'm really not trying to make this a conversation throughout the week because I'll tell you this. If you pay your hard-earned money to go, would I love to see the stadium packed out 77, 80,000, whatever it is, people until the, the clock's hit zero? I'd love to see that. I, I really would love to see that, right? But if you pay your hard-earned money, if we're getting beat 38 to nothing in the third quarter and you want to leave, bro, I'm not going to sit here and call you a bad fan. I'm, I'm just not doing it. I, I'm not doing that because that's your right. That's your right. And at the end of the day, Gamecocks football is a product. And if Gamecocks football is not putting out a product worthy of your time and your energy and your emotion and your money as well, well, you're not obligated to blindly support it. I know that might be hard for some of you to process, but that is the truth. That is the truth, right? I understand forever to thee. I understand all of that. Being loyal, supportive, even in the bad times, throughout the good as well. But I'm just saying, like, I, I'm not going to come down on people that decide, you know what, we're battling the elements. I I don't want to sit here and watch my team get their brains beat in. I, I'm, I'm not going to blame you, right? Gamecock fans, I, I think going after the fan base is the wrong move. I, I just think it is. Gamecock fans, all they've done for over 100 years is show up, be loyal. Every time Shane Beamer calls on the fan base to show up, they do it. You look at pregame, it was electric. They do it, right? So I, I don't know. I, I just I don't love the move of you know let's let's tell the fan base how bad they are because they left when it was thirty you know twenty four nothing at half. I mean I, I just you know listen I, I wouldn't do it. I'd stay till the clock's at zero. I, I I don't understand why if you're gonna pay for a ticket why do you you know dip out at half? But that's your right if you're <laughs> if you're paying for tickets that's your right. So I you know I I think you want to solve those problems. You put a better product out there, and you, you go out there and you compete and you give people a reason to stay, and and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. That was just kind of a random rant. I, like I said, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on that because I don't feel like we we necessarily need to because Gamecock fans, I still believe, the best in the country. They show up, they show out, and they'll continue to do so. And, I mean, it was a sellout, guys. What more could you ask for? So, um, you know, for the next big home game, I guess that'll be, you know, obviously we got Charlotte and SC State, and I'll be interested to see what the crowds are. But for the next really, really big home game, it'll be Texas A&M after the bye. I know Gamecock Nation will show up yet again. So that's something – that's really the least of my worries, if you want my honest opinion. Uh, guys, that being said, let's move into – again, this last comment on that Georgia game. You look back, Georgia. 
not going to define your season. Georgia is elite. They, they are, you know, and, and that's my biggest takeaway from Saturday. We can move into that, by the way. My biggest takeaway from this Saturday, Georgia's elite. Georgia's elite. They were just bigger, faster, stronger, smarter, more talented than you. Bottom line. I, that just across the board. And, and we knew that coming in, and that's a tough pill to swallow, and it sucks to say, but it's the truth. And, and you got to give Kirby Smart and his crew, you've got to give them praise. You've got to give them props. They built a machine. I mean, they're just loaded, loaded with NFL guys, right? So um, you got to tip your cap to Georgia. I mean, I get tired of saying it, tip your cap, tip your cap, but you got to tip your cap to Georgia. That They are an elite. There's a reason I picked them to go undefeated. And, uh, you know, I think the only team in the country that can really beat them when they're clicking the way they are is Alabama. So, uh, guys, let's hand out some game balls. And listen, yes, even in defeat, even in a defeat like Saturday, we hand out game balls. We hand out an MVP award. If you don't like it, oh, well. I, I still try to highlight the positives. Uh, we'll hand out the game balls. First game ball goes to Kai Kroger. How about the fake punt early on? Beamer ball. It was a dime, by the way. TSUS athlete Kai Kroger, fantastic uh, fantastic bean he delivered. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, one for one for 20 yards. The best performance, I guess, of any quarterback on the day. I'm trying to remember, who did he complete that to? Was it to... I think it was Trey Kenyon is who caught that. I think it was Trey Kenyon. Either way, though, uh, fantastic play by Kai. Obviously had a good day punting the football as well and uh, continues to be a weapon for the game, Kai. Yeah, we, we've kind of got the fake punt, fake kick thing down pat, I guess, at this point. Um, also, another game ball, Juju McDowell. And, and you look at his statistics on the day, guys. Juju went, uh, let's see, eight carries for 33 yards. Also had two catches for 32 yards. You know, so fine statistics. But really, the reason I'm giving him a game ball, what stood out to me was – the post game and, and his press conference. And, the, you know, he was asked, how do you handle a loss? You know, what's the, what's the processing with that? And, you know, the mature response and answer in which he gave talking about, you know, you got 30 minutes, you got 30 minutes to, to think about it, to dwell on it. You know, you talk to your people, you pray. I, I, I'm paraphrasing his quotes. Obviously you can look on social media. We posted it, but uh, basically just saying, you know what, 30 minutes after the game, the loss, you know, it sets in, you flush it, you move on to the next week. And if you dwell on it any longer, you're only hurting the football team. I, I just thought, that was a response wise beyond his years. Juju McDowell, we are very fortunate to have on our football team. And, you know, I'd like to see more of Juju. I mean, he is an instant offense guy. And every time he touches the football, uh, you feel like good things happen. So, um, you know, but, but, but a fantastic response by that young man. And, again, I, it makes me feel good about this team will bounce back the correct way when you hear a response like that. Uh, final game ball, guys, goes to Travion Kenyon. He had the lone touchdown in the game. Two catches, 33 yards. And again, that one touchdown in the corner uh, late in the fourth quarter. Uh, so definitely want to highlight the only guy to score a touchdown in the ballgame for South Carolina. Let's move into my slap dick of the weekend. And guys, this one's a no-brainer, right? It's Marcus Satterfield. And specifically, not just him. It's Marcus Satterfield's third and sixth play call on the very first drive of the ball game. Listen, we, we talked about coming into the game last week. Be creative, right? Th throw, the, throw everything you got at Georgia, right? Hold nothing back. But as I talked a little bit earlier, like to have that third and six, you brought in Spencer Rattler to be your dude, and you go this gadget play with the carry-on joiner, and it's a run play on third and six, you know, I posted it on social media yesterday. I mean, it's true, though. I think that was the moment when Gamecock fans were like, this guy ain't it. Like, like this just – this makes 
no sense. And of course, it didn't work. Of course, it didn't work. So that play call, I really just could have put for the slap because of the weekend, every, Marcus Satterfield's third down play calls, because that was just one of many questionable play calls. Uh, you know, it just, it, it's hard to explain. It's really hard to explain some of the calls they had in those third and long situations, third and even medium situations. Just tough. Just tough to explain. So there's your slap dig of the weekend. Finally, guys, <clears throat> the Cock Commander MVP award. And yes, again, we do have an MVP on the defensive side. Guys, Nick Eamon Wari. Get this. 14 tackles. Here's what stands out. All 14 were solo. 14 solo tackles. I mean, this dude is an absolute beast. He's a machine. He's a freak. However you want to label him to be a true freshman and the type of impact he's making. I mean, Nicky Mawari might be the best player in our defense, which is like scary to think about. And that's no disrespect to anybody else. But the way he's playing right now, Nicky Mawari is going to be a name that you hear for years to come in Columbia, South Carolina. So our Cock Commander MVP award for this week goes to the freshman defensive back, Nick even more. So, guys, that's going to do it for my breakdown on the Gamecocks' 48-7 to loss against Georgia. We'd love to hear your thoughts. How did you feel in the game? Of course, we're going to get into the questions and voicemails here in a second. But, of course, this banter on this game will go all week long, as I know there is a ton to discuss. Guys, really quickly, let's get into our news and notes. Before we do, though, I want to say about our friends over at Prize Picks because the Spurs Up show is brought to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. And, of course, guys, you're all gambling on football, right? Spreads totals, futures, live bets. Why not bet on prop plays as well? So many fans of the Spurs Up show, so many of our people are making tons of money with our friends at Price Picks. Go down to the Price Picks app, go to pricepicks.com, and when you do, use the promo code TSUS to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Prize Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry. It's literally just you against the projection. Prize Picks also allows mixed sport entries. So for example, you can take the over on Spencer Rattler, parlay with the under on LeBron, parlay with the over on Mahomes. You can do any sport. And of course, the reason we love Prize Picks is because you can do college sports as well. Prize Picks has a slick, easy to use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play. And they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews. Again, guys, why not break the bookie this football season? That's our friends over at Prize Picks. Go download the Prize Picks app, go to prizepicks.com. And when you do, use the promo code TS. U.S. to receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Be sure to check them out and tell them that Chris from the Spurs Up show sent you. On that note, guys, we have just one note to get into, and it is a gambling note. As the Gamecocks open as 21-point favorites against the Charlotte 49ers. Do with that information what you will. Um, the game, of course, upcoming this weekend, 7.30 kickoff. I believe that's on ESPNU. Uh, but Gamecocks opening as big favorites at home. Charlotte, by the way, in case you missed it, just beat Georgia State over the weekend in a thriller. So uh, also, by the way, though, should be noted, Charlotte with a horrific, horrific defense. They are ranked dead last in the FBS. They're allowing 563 0.8 yards per game. They are 129th in scoring allowed, 45.2 
points per game. Uh, again, we'll dive into that later in the week, but I, I tell you, it, <laughs> I mean, if you can't get it going offensively this week, the problems might be bigger than we realize. Guys, we've got your listener questions and your voicemails. Let's start with the voicemails. We'll go ahead and dive into this thing. Man, Chris. Mm, tough game tonight, buddy. Today, tough game. One of the more brutal ones I've, since I've been a fan. Uh, just curious. I wonder what your thoughts are. Um, I don't think everything's to blame off that for the offense, but it is what it is. Um, I'm thinking maybe they brought in Kitchens to possibly, you know, just keep them on the radar for a replacement on that OC. Um, Maybe get through this year, things don't change, you know. Put them in for next year. Just curious what your thoughts are. All right, buddy. Thanks so much for the call. So the Freddie Kitchens chatter is already beginning. Um, and, and listen, you might be right. You might be right. I, I don't know. That's obviously been the uh, the theory, I guess, since he was hired. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um it'll be interesting to see what adjustments they make, you know, these next two weeks. Cause, cause you got to think like, you feel like something's got to change. And it's like you mentioned, do you feel like it's 100% on Satterfield? I, I still say it's not. I, I still say that again, the reason South Carolina is recruiting in the trenches the way they are is because they need help there. <laughs> like they need help up front guys. There is literally just no other way to put it. Because you watch the game on Saturday, and even if you think Marcus Satterfield is a complete buffoon, and that's totally fine, but you also have to admit, like, at times, there are plays there to be made, and they're either just not being made by the athletes that are on the field, or the offensive line is not giving an opportunity for those plays to be made, or, or hey, let's give Seven his criticism. Spencer Rattler's not making the play. That needs to be made. So, you know, Satterfield's going to get all the credit, all the blame because he's the guy behind the controls. But, you know, I, we'll see. We'll just see what type of adjustments are made. It, it's just, I'll tell you this, it's all got to get better across the board. Let's jump into our next voicemail. This is Taylor here. Um, I have got a say is, I don't see us winning another game this year. I feel like with most, we could win three games, win the next two, and then that's it. Um, we look like a high school team. Look like a team that doesn't want to be out there. Doesn't look, look like a team that doesn't want to win. Look like a team that, frankly, doesn't give a shit. And I'm just, I, I just ne- never saw any fight in this team. I know Beamer says different, but I didn't see any fight in this team. Anyone just kind of go through the motions type thing. Just want to hear what your take is on all that. And uh, thank you so much. Bye-bye. That was Taylor with the voicemail. Um, a little bit of an overreaction, Taylor. I, <laughs> he says we're going to win three games this year. Um. <laughs> Listen, Georgia's Georgia's an elite, man. Georgia's an elite. I, I I disagree with the we just quit and we didn't play hard. And I, I think that I just here's the thing, man. I, I think that's an excuse fans use instead of saying they were just better than us. Like, like, fans, 
It's it's so wild to me how often, by the way, I'm talking to people and they say, well, you know, it wasn't that they were better. They just, they played harder than we did. Guys, if we're not playing as hard as we possibly can, we have deep-rooted issues that are, they go so far beyond any type of coaching scheme, anything. Like, truly. So, I listen, I just think Georgia was better than you. Now, now the scheme could have been better. Everything could have been better. When you lose 47, it can all be better. But, I, come on, man. I, I, don't, I don't think we're just going to win three games this year. I think you can still win six or seven games. I still think you can have a solid season. But we talked about it all week, right, Taylor? Like, going into the game, you're trying to find your offensive identity and try to figure out what you're good at. Georgia's not a good team to do that against. <laughs> They're just not. They're not. And they exposed you in that way. So, I appreciate the call, though. Here, let's jump to the phone lines. Hey, Billy. Hey, there, my boy. Uh, this is uh, Atlanta sports fan, actually. I'm an Atlanta sports fan. And uh, I just got to say, man, uh, the Cox really did their thing tonight. I mean, Georgia is a tough team. I tell, I tell you what, I'm a Tech fan myself. So, I know, I know the thing. And just to score a damn touchdown over the guys, well, that's, that's phenomenal, man. Honestly, that rapper guy, I mean, in my opinion, he don't got behind motor like Luke Doty does. Like, Luke Doty, that's a true athlete, okay? Mr. Rattler, he, he's lost, man. Like, I, I just think that y'all need to dish his ass and go full in on Luke Doty's right? I believe in Shane Meaver. Uh, I went to pick myself. You know, I'm not a dumbass when I got my engineer make over $100,000 a year. Uh, tell, I'll tell you what, man. Y'all go start that boy Luke Doty and bench that rat alert. He is a rat. He is a shit, man. Fuck Spencer Rattler. Man, go, 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 um, you know, go cops, man. Uh, y'all made me a fan thing. Uh, that guy says he's Atlanta sports fan. I, I I don't know who, if that really is Atlanta sports fan. I, I, I honestly, guys, I play some of these voicemails for comedic relief. So whoever that was that called, thank you, thank you for that. that, that, that we we all need to laugh right here on this Monday. So appreciate it. Hey, just wanted to share a, a recap after the Georgia game. Obviously, disappointing loss. I don't mind us losing games as long as it's a dog fight. But when you get embarrassed by 40-plus points, you know, I think you just find yourself being a little bit discouraged. Too much talent on the team. I, I don't think we've got an offensive identity. Um, I like the fact that, that Spencer was trying to stretch the field out a little bit today. But, again, not a, not a good look for what we were trying to do. Let's see if we can bounce back these next two weeks, figure out the mechanics, win big and get back into SEC play playing the right way. But overall, you know, Gamecock's still my team, but got to see something better than this. Great call. Listen, that was a great voicemail. Um, and I agree with you 110%. Uh, I, you know, I, I think we can all live with losing, and especially a game like that. And, uh, you know, uh, understanding that, Georgia's better than you. No, like, no, nobody's sitting here trying to fight that, deny that. Like, we can all live with that. But as the the caller mentioned, I mean, losing by 40-plus, it, it just – you you want to see some sort of progress and you want to feel like your, your program is on an upward trajectory, right, a positive trajectory, and it's just really hard. <laughs> it's just really hard, right, 
to look at a game like Saturday and say, oh, yeah, we're definitely headed the right direction. It's just tough. So I, I think, listen, I, I agree with you 110%. Great call. What's up, guys? It's Bryce from Spur Your Enthusiasm. <laughs> Obviously, there isn't a whole lot to be enthusiastic about after that mess. Um, not really sure what kind of takeaways we can even get from this game. A whole lot of bad, nothing good. We definitely didn't get better today. <laughs> um. I all I can say is fire, fire, fire! Please fire, Chris Satterfield. Let's move Freddie Kitchens up. Let's spend the next two days or the next two weeks trying to figure out who the hell we are. You know what they say: if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, if it's broken, fucking fix it. Go Cox. Keep our heads up. Hopefully, I've got something to be enthusiastic about again. Spur your enthusiasm. I appreciate you calling in, my man. That's just a that's a that's a beaten, battered, and bruised Gamecock fan here on this uh, this Monday. We will go into one more voicemail, then we'll get into your questions, and we'll get out of here. Hey, my man. Uh, appreciate all you do for the Gamecocks, Chris. But uh, the next uh, few podcasts going forward. It's all about firing Satterfield. We have talent, and the guy is clueless. I mean, he's just clueless. We make mistakes and all that on offense, but today was embarrassing. Absolutely embarrassing, and uh, Satterfield needs to go, period. He's Kurt Roper 2.0. I appreciate the voicemail, my man. You know, it's funny. I ran a poll during the game. I said, You've got a third down and seven. Who do you want to call the play? And it was Marcus Satterfield, Brian McClendon, and Kurt Roper. And I just like we why why is it we've had some OCs come through that? I mean, it just it, it's it's baffling. So I I, I, w- I would ask you this, and we're gonna get into our listener questions now, but I but I would ask you this, I'd pose this. If if Marcus Satterfield is as bad as folks say he is why do you think beamer is so loyal to him like why why do we think beamer's not willing to um why do we feel beamer's not willing to to cut ties why is that i i, I just and i've got my takes and opinions but i, I just I, you know i don't know I, i'd love to hear from you guys Anyways, all right, before we get out of here, let's get to your listener questions. We're going to go ahead and dive into this thing. Let me find the questions. Here we go. Let's see. Okay, here we go. Uh, Logan Griner M just says, I'm pissed off. I hear you, my guy. Mike Edwards 7 says, fire the whole offense. And then he says, there's always next season. Uh, Sanchelli 4 says, at least we have a better record than Notre Dame. Looking at the bright side. I love that. Uh, Ian Keeler, how big of a score difference would it have been if the defense was healthy? I mean, I think maybe you're looking at, I don't know, man, 38 to 7, 41 to 7. I mean, I picked 41 to 10. So, I, you know, if, ands, and buts, man, I, I, I don't know. Bryce Duncan 1 says, we drank the Kool-Aid again. People got hyped, and boy, are we a terrible team. 
first three weeks have not been fun, guys. I, I would say just try, try to have some patience. I, I know that's tough. Like, I, I understand. Let's see. Let's let's see if we can somehow get it together these next two weeks. Um, Ethan says, to be honest, fans didn't show up today. Only chance we had was going to be the noise and big plays. You don't feel like the fans showed up. I I, I don't know. I would disagree. Adam.Pax, why put the ball in the hands of Joyner and Beal Smith early <clears throat> when they've been non-factors? That is a great question. The way we used our personnel, questionable, to say the least. Each cart 08, Dawn Staley for OC. <laughs> I'm game. I'm game. Ian Joseph Johnson says the play calling, my God, especially on third down. Yeah, third down play calling was tough. Tough. Miracle Burgess underscore says zero hate to Rattler or Doty. I just feel like DK might be our guy. Also new OC because he is a clown. You know what? At this point, man, why not? Dak Joyner, revenge tour. Go ahead and put him in. Let's see if he can do it. Um, WM underscore four IV. It's not that bad. We've lost to two really good teams. People freaking out are crazy. I mean, I, that's, that's, listen, that's perspective from UWM. That's perspective. We have lost to two top 10 teams. So, you know, we'll see. We'll, we, we will see. We will see. We knew we were going to start one and two. We've now started one and two. But again, it's much easier to say that over the summer and just say, yeah, we'll start one and two versus actually going through it and enduring it and watching it play out. Uh, final question. Uh, T Heel K Mister says, what do you think the morale is like in the locker room? I think these guys are still positive, man. Listen, there, there's a lot of football to play, and they're they're obviously disappointed. They should be disappointed, but I, I think Juju McDowell sh- shared great perspective. And what you have to do as an athlete, you give yourself the 24 hour rule. You have 24 hours to process it and dwell on it and be sad about it. Well, then, then you flip, you, you know, you you uh you flush it. You flip a switch. You go to the next week. You go to the next game. You go to the next play. You go to your next practice. That's all you can do as an athlete. You have to have a short memory. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like to think that is what this football team will do. Now, we're going to see very early on against Charlotte. And, again, we'll talk about this later in the week. We'll see very early on. Is this a team that has a hangover because of the Georgia game and they're disinterested and they're not fired up and they're not motivating? I, I, I don't think that will be the case, but we'll find out against Charlotte. But, I like to think that this football team will bounce back. We saw it, you know, we saw it a bunch last year when this team would lose big and then came back the next week and play good football. So I, I'd like to think that that will happen again. Guys, that's going to do it all for me. Appreciate you all tuning in here on this Monday. Again, stay tuned all week to the podcast, The Daily Crow, content bleeding out the eyeballs. You already know the drill. Let's have us a fantastic week. Guys, thank you all so much. Appreciate you all tuning in. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to you all on Wednesday. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.